Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Relationship Zone, the podcast. I am your host, Queenie Love, and I am here tonight to embark on a conversation that um, I am truly a student, um, and I don't know much about what it's like to raise children of mixed race or biracial children. Um, I too was a single mom for a short period of time. It had its own unique challenges and I'm certain that raising children with a diverse background, um, diverse ethnic background has its own set of challenges as well. So I want to bring subject matter experts, those with the experience to the show so that we can touch on what it's like, um, what their experiences has been, how they handle race um, conversations, um, how they address identity uh, with their children. Um, This show is dedicated to all the biracial, mixed race, um, (laughs) multi-race individuals that are out there. We see you, we love you, and we want to just address some of those uh, challenges and and just center uh, your uniqueness and let you know that it's so beautiful to be you, and we recognize that. So let me bring my guest to the show. Please welcome Betty and Akia back to the Relationship Zone for another episode. informational, educational, and fun conversation. Welcome, ladies. Hey, Queenie, how are you doing? Hi, Queenie. How are you doing? I am good. So I'm trying to make sure that I don't have like all these different speakers on (laughs) so we don't get a lot of crazy feedback. So we'll see what happens here in a second. So y'all are back. What's good, ladies? Not much. Life, love, happiness. You know. That's all good. That's really good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you both look lovely tonight. And as do you, as always. Thank you. And I'm loving the earrings. Oh, well now. Yes. Well, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) And I love seeing you in those bright colors. And of course. We have Betty here chilling. Oh, girl, you got your little background blurred out. So you are coming forward tonight. You better come through. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, ladies. So listen, I want to definitely welcome you both back. I have had a great um, couple recordings with you both. We've had some really good conversations and we have gotten a lot of great feedback. And I don't think tonight will be any different. Um, (laughs) We're talking about raising biracial or mixed race children. And you both um, are blessed to have some lovely babies. Um, Yes. And so I want to center the fact that, you know, raising kids is hard no matter what. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And you both are single parents. Mm-hmm. and you both are raising these lovely kids so if you could just give me um both of you two minutes and tell us about the babies that we are going to be um centering tonight 
Um, yeah, tell us about those kids. Tell us about them. Okay. Well, um, I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. They are amazing. Um, my daughter wrestles. So big ups to all the female wrestlers out there. And my son, he plays football, soccer, and taekwondo. So they keep me busy. Um, they're intelligent. My daughter's an artist. My son acts and does modeling. So they are they are some outstanding and the most caring children. God knew what types of kids to bless me with being a single parent because they do not make my life hard. They make everything that I do at home easy. It's the rest of the world. <laughs> That makes my life difficult. My kids, no stress, like low threat. They do regular kid stuff. You know, I, I haven't had that teenage girl angst that people talk about. I just be like, oh, I'm sorry, girl, because I just I just don't have it. So yeah, my kids, they're they're a blessing. They are, I mean, my daughter was my saving grace after I lost my mother. Um, she was she embodies everything that my mother was when she was on this earth. So, you know children in all capacities are a blessing but my kids of course are just amazing that is wonderful and I hope that they hear this one day and know exactly how amazing moms think that they are yes <laughs> all right Betty tell us about your babies give us like two minutes intro of these wonderful kids my son he's very handsome and he's smart um, intelligent Fine, sweet, a little stubborn, maybe because he got that from me. And lazy, always late for school. Every day, he'll tell me, five more minutes, mommy, five more minutes. And, you know, I, because he's the youngest, so I spoil him. And then I allow him to have that five minutes, right? Because I'm tired of yelling at him every single day. But even that, he's very sweet and kind, and um, he can't play um, sports because he has severe asthma. Um, it got a lot better after you know he grew, got older. Now he's into weightlifting, so he got really big overnight to where I couldn't even recognize him because he's tall. Plus, his hair made it even taller. So that's my son. Goodness. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, so I have to dive into this. Um, how has that been, uh, you know, raising children in your, in your own culture of a different race? Um, Kia, I'd like to start with you. Your babies are... Jamaican American and what? So my daughter's father is Italian and my son's father is German. Okay. So, yeah. So so in 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 America they would just be white men, right? I mean that's <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right. So they look like white men with the yep. obviously if they speak we know that they're likely not from America. Mm -hmm. So how is that um I know, you know, we, we've all shared about dating, um, cross-culturally and, you know, we, we've done it all, but how was that coming into the family saying, okay, so I'm pregnant and well, obviously, uh, right, <laughs> right. Father. right, right. So, um, 
so both of my kids' fathers, I was married to at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, being a first generation American by way of Jamaica, Jamaica was a British colony. So being exposed to different races is not something abnormal. I also have family from Trinidad. So we understand how the transatlantic slave trade went and Asians going to Jamaica and things. So um, my mother's side of the family, it wasn't too difficult to say, hey, this is my kid's father because the exposure was not as intense. But my father, and I'm not going to say that he wasn't happy, but he was definitely surprised because my father was um he was a part of the black panther party for a while and growing up as a adolescent my father was also a part of the nation so it was definitely a very different conversation with my father um even with my great grandfather being of mixed race but you know when you start going back his mixed race wasn't necessarily a choice you know because he was born during, you know, Jim Crow and all, well, not during Jim Crow, but he was born like right at the beginning where people were mixing and things like that. So his mother was impregnated by a white man, but not by choice. Right. So with my father, the conversation was definitely a lot different, you know, and growing up being so pro-black, not anti-white, but pro-black, um a lot of people were like akia you married married a white man and then by the time i married the second one they was like two of them you know i was like yeah man it's crazy um <laughs> first time they probably thought she's experimenting second right. i was like okay no this is a thing this is a right thing. right and right and both times i was in the military so <laughs> a lot of people that know me now don't know me then so in their minds they think oh she only dates white men I'm like no that being in the military I'm just more exposed I met my son's father in Germany he's from Germany so you know I just had a lot more exposure to different people and being able to spend a lot of time with them and then you know fall in love for that time so it was it was very interesting bringing them to meet my dad and seeing you know like the shock factor but he still respected me so he was never super aggressive but there was one time where you know things kind of got escalated my dad used that as his opportunity to you know go into that whole you know you know so it was it was a interesting experience so it never went to your people enslave my people kind of thing <laughs> no it was like oh, my black daughter is here taking care of you and you got some nerve, <laughs> white man. I was like, ah. Calm down, like, dad, okay. calm down. Right, I'm like, pump your brakes, man. Like, I got this man's whole child. Like, <laughs> he's waddling in the house right now. Like, I need you to relax. We you got know, offspring. So. <laughs> right, like, like, you got a grandkid. Like, it's done. The deed is done. The sperm met the egg. The egg came. He's here, <laughs> you know, so he was never disrespectful until yeah. he felt disrespected for sure. And then he just took it and ran with it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, what about you, Betty? How was that experience for you? And okay. Um, two sides. Um, I don't think his side ever, you know, experienced a Asian woman 
and his generation, their generation. So it's mine, right? Uh, once I decided to date a black guy, it was a culture shock already. So they were trying to get used to me having a black man, right? Then all of a sudden I came home and I was like, I'm pregnant. So that add on to the shock, like an aftershock. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, so it's done. It's done. <laughs> I mean, man, so the person that I was having to face with my mother, mm-hmm. because I, she, you know, I had to tell her that I'm pregnant because she's already worried about me having the other two, and then I'm adding on another one, and plus a different race and a different father. Um, in her beliefs, that you need to stick with one. one. One husband, one boyfriend, one father. It can't be mixed, you know, because she believes that they're not gonna love each other. And especially a different race. So I had to really fight for that belief system in order for her to see, just regard all that belief that she has but look at me as I'm a daughter, yeah. right? Pregnant at that time, going through all these emotions, crying my butt off, and mm-hmm. just for her to see, just, just forget about other, you know, um, because she believes, that's her beliefs. And she lives for the society, what society is gonna think of her, and what I'm gonna think of me. Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite of her. I'm like, I don't care what people think of me right yeah. this is me yeah I'm pregnant right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and every day it was it was a struggle for me to talk to her because I was living with her because you know in the culture if I'm if you're not married you can you stay with your mother mm. so I was working in a business family business so I was staying with her you don't have um we call that morning sickness mm. so she was like you know worry about me worry 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 and I said if you don't get out of my way I'm gonna throw up right because it's it was so much that I was getting a headache and then it made my the, the morning sickness even got worse yeah so it, I, you know what it got to, to the point where I was like okay I'm gonna give this baby up mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So mm. I went to my brother because he's closer to my mom. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. Uh, I hope he, did, he, he understands when I'm, you know, I'm airing this, my son. Um, he said, well, it's done. Just keep it. And we'll just have to deal with her. Mm-hmm. And, you, know, you know how she is. She, she'll get over it. She got over it with you with the black guy. But she's going to have to get over with the baby. You know, she's right. drama. So at that time, I also went to my sister and I told her, I'm about to get a BMW. And she was like, okay, either a BMW or a baby. <laughs> so in the end, I chose a baby. Well, <laughs> well I think we're glad that you chose the baby. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. 
I'm glad. Yeah. But it was a struggle, you know. Yeah. And all the emotions in the mixture when you're pregnant. And, you know, and I didn't have the support over his family also. Mm -hmm. You know, not just my mom, but his, also his mom. Yeah. His mm -hmm. mom and my mom, they're both very religious. Okay. You know, she's a Baptist church. She's a, a temp, in the temple. Both women are very strong in their beliefs, right? Yeah. So when I was pregnant, I went up to my ex. I'm like, if you don't introduce me to your mom right now, I do not want her to open. I don't want to open the door and pull the baby. And here, you know, I'm like, oh, hi, this is your baby. Oh, this is your grandbaby. Right. So he had to um, face that too. Yeah. So do you both think, I mean, was the, you think that the acceptance was um, yes. chal more challenging? I mean, I guess it would be because it, because of who it was, the color yeah. of the skin, the, you know. It's not, um, so, you know what? it's not so what about them accepting, it's about society, what they're going to think of them. Okay. Yeah, for me, I really didn't, um, I really didn't have too much of an issue. Like I said, my dad was never disrespectful. And my son's father, or my son's mother, and my my son's father's mother, got it. <laughs> and my daughter's father's mother were very accepting. My daughter's father was from California, um, so his uncle, one of his uncles by way of marriage, was Mexican, and my son's father's mother was married to a black man from Baltimore. Yeah. And he has a mixed race sister and his niece is mixed race because his sister had a child with a black man. So I didn't really experience anything on their side of the family. They were very open, very loving. Honestly, I think they love me more than they love their kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was blessed on that front. You know, I really didn't experience the things that I hear from a lot of people who procreate with white people in their families from the deep deep south and you know so so yeah, yeah, yeah I totally get it so I I there's a new movie out I think it might be on Netflix with Eddie Murphy called you people and um Neil Long is in it and there's a few other you know heavy hitters <laughs> in it. and you know mixed race couple and dealing with mixed race issues right yeah um the dad is like super pro black and the mm -hmm. mom is um saying all the awkward crazy inappropriate crap that she can because she really really wants to be accepted and she just doesn't know better any better yeah um and you know and, and that particular show it really it highlights a lot of the challenges that come with not just raising biracial children but being in this world that is full is filled with mixed individuals that are coming from so many different backgrounds and people still aren't quite there yet they still don't know right. exactly what to say or how to say it and even though they may want to they just aren't sure yes which way to go with it so with that being said you both obviously have to teach your children of their dual cultures right their backgrounds mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about or tell us all a little bit about that experience how that's going um with really exposing your children to both cultures that mm -hmm. they're obviously a part of so with me and my kids, I, I can't say that I focus on exposing them to their white cultures, be it German or Italian American. I definitely teach them a lot about black history and 
what it means to operate in this world, never being able to be seen as white, right? So I talk to them about experience that they may have being mixed race because I have cousins that are mixed race. My son's father is still in his life. So I leave him to expose him to the white culture of Germany and their history and things like that. My daughter's father is not in the picture. Um, so because of that, she's not exposed to white, her white family. So for her, she doesn't necessarily identify in that manner. There was one time she was seven and she told me that she identifies as black because she thinks she looks like me until she looks in the mirror. So that's when she realizes that she's light skinned. My son has a different experience because he is exposed to his father and he talks to his aunt and his cousin and things like that. So I don't, I don't really leave it as a part of my job to expose them to white culture because society does that every day. They're going to be, I don't feel like I need to put an emphasis on it, but we don't get enough emphasis on the, the beauty and the greatness of what it means to be black. Our exposure or our children's exposure is going to be slavery, post-slavery, Jim Crow. Like that is the history that's taught in schools. So I make it my job to teach them about what the Black Panther Party really means, what the experience of being black in America looks like and the struggles that we had to overcome as a people, the generational curses that we experienced, the um, DNA trauma that is passed down because of our ancestors' experiences and the beauty that we came from being descendants of Africans and the strength that we embody. So I don't, I don't even make it a point to address the, the white side. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a bad thing, but um, for me, I, I think it's a, a great thing because the world is going to tell them all that they want them to know about white culture and not enough of what they need to know about being proud and Black and beautiful. Wow. I, I, I need an applause button. I will have one. <laughs> Amen. Drop, there will be applause right there. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Betty, tell me about you and your your. Um, you know, your attempt, if you are attempting to right. share and expose the dual culture. Down the stove before it burns. Sure, it. yeah, you're cooking. Don't burn up nothing, girl. Right. <laughs> oh, so, but, you know, I, I just, I love. To learn how to cook because I burn food all the oh. time before leaving and not focusing on it. Yeah, no, that's not good. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, so my experience, um, well, with my culture, I actually, um, struggle with my culture, right? But because, and thankfully, because my family is still keeping the culture, you know, like Chinese New Year. Um, so every New Year, um, we go, we get together, my mother gets together, and my family gets together, we give out the red envelope. So, so we, you know, he's um, included in that. And I Girl, wait, what's that. in the red envelope? Oh my God, I have it upstairs, but I'll bring it to you. Okay. It's like, it's like a lucky money. You, um, you celebrations you, okay. every year on that day, the first year, 31st, First year, everybody gets together, we eat, and then the elderly will give out 
the little pink envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, the married people, you know, like a couple. Um, I chose to do it, you know, decided to do it because I want to be included. I want to give the kids, the kids, I love kids. Good for you. Um, so, but, but technically, when, if you're not married, you don't have to give the red envelope. It's, it's considered bad luck, I was told. But I did it anyway. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I'm always breaking the norms. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's okay. I know. So, well, you know, I give, you know, so that's so he, so my ex, his father would make sure that not to pick him up of the week that we have celebrations. So he leaves that to me. I just have to tell him that, you know, he can't go to your house this weekend. We're going to have this, you know, celebration and like birthdays. He gets, you know, he has to stay back um, as far as that. And Black culture, again, I don't know anything about Black culture. I don't, I'm learning. I'm still learning. And I leave that to him as well, to him, to teach him. You know, but at one point, my son actually was confused. So I don't know how he got in his head or I don't know what happened to him. But he actually came home and said, Mommy, I'm white. And I said, no, you're not white. So not Asian, not black. Not black. You're white? But I'm white. So, So... so I had to break it down to him. I had to. I sat him down. I said, "No, you're black and Asian." So and then his father had to talk to him about that. Um. So he got you know that was a, a phase thing. Again, I don't know how he got into his head that he was white. Um. But one thing I do. I know that um, his grandmother is very, you know, she's baptism. So I guess it's probably in his blood or somehow, or he really religious. He wants to be baptized. He wants to go to church. So I guess he got that from that side because, you know, my mom's side is a temple. We go to temples. She practiced Buddhism. But he practiced baptism. So, so throughout the years, he probably picked up on his side. Um, and I'm glad, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that he did. He picked up on that part um, and wanted to baptize a couple years ago. Um, Question. Um, ha, ha, has your son been to the black barbecue? No, that's the baptism. <laughs> no, I don't think I, I no. Girl, you got to get into a black barbecue. Listen, listen, quick. We coming to get your boy this summer and we take yeah. you to the black barbecue. ASAP. Well, you know where you love fried chicken? Jesus Christ. He always asks me, well, can I have fried chicken? Damn it, Betty. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was only a matter of time. <laughs> I right. eat healthy free, right? I, I eat healthy, but it's almost like mommy can have fried chicken. Amen. Huh. Amen. Okay. 
right. So, so what we have learned is that one, we need to get your son to the black barbecue and yes. the black barbershop, black barbecue, yes. black barbershop, all of that. That would okay. really be hard. There, so he's never been to that, but uh, he's a shy boy. That's okay. We need to get yep. to the black barbecue and the black barbershop. Yep. Yep. There's one right here. He gotta go. Got to. I've been trying right. to get him to go there, but he won't go. Listen, that he he needs it. He needs he needs that barbershop talk. He needs those men to feed into him, you know, all yeah. the beauty that is being a black man in America yeah. and you know, yeah, he and that that black barbecue, he he got some line dances that he needs yeah. to know. So you need okay. to go on YouTube and Google them. Okay. <laughs> Get that Cupid yeah. shuffle in his life. He needs a shuffle. <laughs> gotta do it. And the wobble. You can't yes. you gotta know the wobble. You gotta know absolutely, hands down. So we have some work to do. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, so understanding the reason why you cut his hair is because you are also a stylist. So that makes sense that you cut his yeah. hair, but he still needs. So, and this, this is why I say it, you know, I was a hairstylist for umpteen years, right? My son grew up, mom cutting his hair up. I was hooking him up, but there were certain things for as much as I dread some barbershops, um, <laughs> some of the stuff that you hear, but there were certain things that I knew that um, my son would get at the barbershop and one, he would get culture. Yeah, um, he would get his blackness at that barbershop, meaning mm -hmm. he would get, you know, the conversations, he would get the body language, the, 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 the jargon, the lingo. Um, and whether he chose to travel that path or not, I wanted him to see something different than what mom was showing him because I was giving him such a sheltered life, military life and, and in limited exposure. Um, and it wasn't enough culture and it wasn't enough like man talk so um i said you know what he got to a certain age and i was like yep i'm taking you to the barbershop now mind you i took him to the barbershop and a few times i regretted taking him to that barbershop <laughs> because of the things that he was hearing but i also debriefed when i would when i would um get him out of the barbershop um but i think it just exposed him to a different side of what and see, not at all, <laughs> but it puts them to a different side of what um, black men were and could be and what they were like. And those conversations were very important. So that's one of the reasons why I suggested get him to a black barbershop. Yeah. Um, just take him through. This is not something he has to do on a regular, but let him see um, a different side. And also one of the things I was thinking about earlier when I was researching for this topic was that understanding the importance of having your children around kids that are white, are black, are mixed, are Asian. And this DMV is great because we have, we live in such a multicultural community, mm -hmm. um, but making sure your friends, making sure your kids' friends look like who they really are. Right. Like trying to find a way to make sure your children are not only friending one side of who they yes. are. So that yes. they um, have a fair exposure to he their does, He does, Queenie. Um, uh, he has a group of his friends and it's it's interesting how they, they picked out. His group of friends, very diverse. So we have a friend that's mixed with white. He is Blasian, they call him Blasian. Mm -hmm. And he has one that's like, not mixed at all, he's fully black. And there goes my nephew, he's fully Vietnamese. Yeah. 
and the, and the other one is Hispanic and they're all in my house. Yeah. <laughs> all in my house. So I, I, I gave him the whole entire basement that became, becomes their apartment, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not, um, so their group is very diverse. And I was so happy to see that. Yeah. Um, they get together, they work out, they lift in my sister's basement, they make into, you know, a gym. Yeah. And they do have a lot of followers too, believe it or not. That's good. That's yeah. really good. That's good. Yeah. That, I think that helps to keep our kids grounded. Yeah. Uh, they are have we are exposed to diversity. Mm -hmm. All right. So um uh just so you know, my sister is asking, is fried chicken the you are for real black food? No, it's not. It's not, it's not. No. <laughs> I don't eat fried chicken and I'm showing up black. It took me. Me neither, it, child. Listen, it took me about 38 years to eat collard greens. Okay. So, listen. No. Well, yeah. The fried chicken was, I think his dad, his dad was always eating the collard greens and the fried chicken and, you know, Panda Express. Um, every time I was like, did you get the boys something? And we had Panda Express. I'm like, what? Oh. He was trying to introduce him to the culture. Right. <laughs> and not. I don't know. Right. That. I'm bringing them home. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, tried it. Very much so. So let me ask this question here: Do you talk to your children about race and the many different challenges that come with having one drop of blackness in your in your system in your DNA? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Race is a continuous conversation in my household because I love who I am and where I come from. I love my nose. I love my the depth of my dark skin, how it gets darker in the summer and gets a more orange tint in the winter. Um, and I do talk to them about loving who they are and loving, you know, how their skin tans in the summertime and the coils in their hair and the different textures that each one of them have with their curls. Uh, I read a lot of books on blackness. I read a lot of books that talk about the struggles that we experienced and how those struggles are being exemplified today. You know, the new, the new Jim Crow being one of the books that I love to read, but hated to read at the same time. And I had that dialogue with my daughter to talk to her about systemic racism and the prison system and the pipeline that our black son's experience. And it's difficult at times because my son's father, even though he's from Germany, he thinks that he knows what the black struggle looks like in America. And he had a conversation with my son last year. Mind you, my son is 10. So last year he was nine and he had just turned nine. And my son came home and was like, mm, dad said he doesn't understand why black people are still mad about slavery because they sold each other to slavery. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, I was like, son, I think when you go see your father, you need to tell him that he needs to stick with the history that he does know, which is Hitler and Germany. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't need to talk about the black plight in America. Cause that's not somewhere that he's well-versed. And so then I went ahead and I had him, we watched uh, Colin Kaepernick's Netflix series. And that was a beautiful depiction of what it looked like for my, what it could look like for my son being a mixed race child, being raised by a, a white person that doesn't quite understand what it means to be black in America. 
again, I don't really have that issue with my daughter because she's not exposed to her father. And I would like to say if she was, we wouldn't have that issue. But my son's father had a black stepfather and he still made comments that I just didn't feel supported, you know, the right narrative. So we are constantly talking race. You know, I'm talking to my son and I said, I I need you to understand that I don't care how light-skinned you are. You will always be seen as mixed or black, but you will never be seen as white. You just won't have that. So I need you to understand that how you navigate and how you move in this world, you have to navigate and move differently. You have to handle yourself accordingly. Things that your white friends can do in the street and be seen as less threatening is not necessarily something you're going to get the luxury of experiencing. And my daughter being a young mixed girl, which I I consider my children black. So when I mark the paperwork, it's not other, it's black until they decide if they want to identify as something else. And I have to tell her, you know, unfortunately, little black girls are hypersexualized all the time. So how you navigate, how you present yourself is very important. What do you want somebody to see? And how do you want them to categorize you? Because unfortunately, that's that's what it is. That's going to be your experience as a young Black girl. And th- these are conversations that I don't feel are age inappropriate because nobody allows them to be age where they're at. You know, they will see my 10-year-old son like they saw that beautiful young Black boy playing with a toy gun and getting shot by the police. And that child was nine and these are conversations I have with my son because he goes outside and he plays by himself, you know? So race is a, a constant dialogue in my house. I don't use it to throw hate or spew a disdain for where they come from, but I have to snap them into reality and say the rose-colored glasses are not a luxury you get to wear. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I love how intentional you are. Thank you. Race, especially when it comes to talking to your children in this world that they're growing up in. Yes. Society gives no breaks. None whatsoever. No breaks. Whatsoever. And if you don't equip them, it will eat them up. Absolutely. And I love how intentional you are about educating them and informing them and hopefully preparing them as much as you can yeah the world that they're going to walk out into and begin to go to college and work and and see their friends being mistreated and they may even still be treated a little different because of of their skin and right but yeah so it's great to prepare 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 because we just don't know Um, right matter of fact I I just want to hear only in America definitely right in America right I wanted to add something there was a time where my son was like, well, you know, when he asked those questions about, you know, what his dad said in those comments. And there was an episode on All American where um, the main character football player and his mixed counterpart, that was the son of the coach, yeah. they got pulled over by the police. And his mixed counterpart, because his mom was, you know, a lawyer and they lived in an affluent neighborhood, he didn't understand how to navigate being pulled over by the police. So he was asking all these questions and he's like, you know, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. And the black character was like, relax, just do what they tell you to do. Just get down, put your hands on the, um, on the dashboard. Don't move. And the other guy's like, but why, but why? 
And as we're watching that episode, I'm pausing and I'm talking to my son. And I said, this is what I mean, where they will not see your white father when they see you. They will see you as another black man in America, just with a lighter tone. So you have to, you have to understand that there are just things that you can and can't do and ways you can and can't operate. And I, I love that we have these examples on TV that I can show my kids through art. You know, I don't want you to experience this. So look at this so that if you do, you have something where you could be like, ah, okay. You know? So, 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 so true. Um, And that, that character that um, says, but why, but why, but why? That Mm. would have been my son because, Mm. and he's just as chocolate as, you know, I am, (laughs) if not even more, he's, you know, dreads and everything. (laughs) But because of the way he was raised, he was asking the question, why? Right. He couldn't understand, not until we had incidences like George Floyd. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not until those types of incidents started happening where he could truly understand and relate because he's much older now. Right. He began to stop the book. Why? Right. He understood his rights when he was 12, 13, but he couldn't quite understand that those rights go right out the window when they see your blackness. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, Betty. Tell me about your experience um, and welcome everyone. I see everyone popping in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, both of you, please make sure that you've shared this out onto your pages. I have some folks watching over here and dropping notes. Um, much love to you all. I see you all here. Um, so Betty, tell me your experience. Um, I, you know, you are Vietnamese American and your son is mixed um, with an African-American uh, mm-hmm. that been his father. And um, how do you discuss race if you do discuss race and the challenges? Hey, sis, I see you out there. Um, and the challenges that come with race. Well, my first experience with race <clears throat> was from his kindergarten teacher. She was white. This is when I lived in Stafford and um, he, his father lived in Richmond and I'm the primary care, you know. When they saw his last name, because he carried his, his father's last name, and they see me, they saw me, and I was like, what if, you know, so they kind of know it's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a mixed biracial. And one day I got a letter saying that he's going to be hold back a grade. I'm like, wait a minute, kindergarten, hold back, you know? So if I were to be the kind of mother that, you know, um, quiet and not dismiss that and accept that, and I was like, no, I'm I'm not gonna accept it. This is unacceptable. You have to give me a reason why you wanna hold him back. And the teacher's like, well, he's he's behind. I'm like, no. He's not behind. He, he you know, he, he just started school kindergarten, right? And my son, okay, my son has not a learning disability, but they want to label him as a learning disability. And I say, no, 
there's something it's missing because I know my son. So I made a big deal of, out of that. I said, I want to see, talk to a counselor. I want, so they wanted to talk to a counselor and nothing resolved, right? And I said, okay, I want to talk to your principal. Bring out your principal, bring out your vice principal, bring out everybody. I wanna to talk to everyone and we're gonna have a meeting. So once I, um, we set up a meeting and um, they kept saying that because he has a disability. I said, and I was totally disagree on that. And I said, well, let me go into the classroom and watch. So they said, okay. Um, I went into the classroom. Twenty. I saw him raising his hand. She literally dismissed him. And I said, oh no, you know. And I was like, man, I said, what is it that you need from me? So I, um, I went home and I told his uh, father, um, <clears throat> I need to reevaluate him. So I sent, so we, we went to Huntington, the school and see where he, you know, to see if they could help him one-on-one. -on -one. So we did that. And I went to the teacher and said, whatever that you think he's lacking, show me the, the, your program. I can teach him at home. So I literally have to work with him, pronounce every syllables, every pronunciation, every letters, everything. He was able to, to cut up. And I went to the teacher and I said, you dismissed him one thing. You know he needs a one-on-one. -on -one. I'm pretty sure there's program in the school, why didn't you um, bring that to um, the principal's attention, whatever that he needs? And to my attention, why did you wait until the last minute and wants to label him as learning disability? I disagree. So um, finally, she burst out in tears and I said, no, I don't, you know, I'm not sorry that you're crying. I'm not, I told her that, I'm not sorry, but I will not accept this. So give me all the things that I need to do to help my son, then we can reevaluate him again. Yes, Kia, the white teacher was crying. <laughs> Yeah. The way they will weaponize them doggone tears. My son is the one that's over here struggling. You're crying, girl. So, <laughs> and at first they didn't want to bring the counselor. They didn't want to bring anybody in. And um, my son, my son's father, um, you know, once they saw him, then that's right. Okay, you know, then they know they were serious. Wow. It was me by myself. I could not fight with that by myself. So um, I had to put on my jacket. I had to put on my suit. I had to look like, you know, a, a, a mom. Yeah. Really, I'm short. I'm small. I don't look a mom. I'm fine. 
logical home from my suit. I have to put on my face. I have to put on that stern face. Like this is this is serious. Wow. Um, wow. you're not gonna label my son this way. I won't. Wow. So um, and I was able to get him where he needed to be. And after that, every year they have to make it at um like he needs a one-on-one there's a program at school that you know yeah. that needs it so when i found out because they wanted to save someone that really needs it do you know what i mean i'm like wait a minute what's the difference between him and somebody else yeah his race uh probably ninety percent because one they are always trying to throw our black boys into a category of having a learning disability. One, because it increases funding for school. And two, because the, the communication lacks between them and our children. And that, I mean, I, I went through the same thing with my, I'm going through the same thing with my son. So I definitely understand. And I, I talk to them all the time and I'm like, hey, look, just because you lack the skill set to communicate effectively, with my child doesn't mean that he has ADD or ADHD. First of all, he's a boy and he got a chock full of energy. Okay. Yeah. And two, um, the way that you're teaching a classroom full of 30 kids, all 30 of those kids are not going to hear and receive and understand the information the same way. And as an educator, you should know well enough to provide your children with the doctrine that they need to be able to take in that information. I would think as an educator, I wouldn't want any of my students to get left behind because I would take that as a stab towards my ability to teach these kids. Absolutely. Again, if I was if I was the mom that was just like, okay, 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 you know, um, he would be labeled as learning disability. Mm-hmm. But I don't I was not that mom. I was like, and no. they were probably hoping that your son's black father was absent. So it yeah. probably threw them for a loop when he walked into the school with you to support you in this conversation. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I knew that. I knew that. I had I knew that. And I told my ex father, I said, this is this is serious. So you need to um whatever you need to do, find a day drop everything that you need to do to do this with me um because that because like you said they they thought I was absent father and I said you're not he's not he doesn't he has a father (laughs) so um they was not going to bring up the the principal and you know but you know it's just me dealing with the teacher yeah yeah so what I did was I scared, not they got scared. I went to the state board, the board of education. That's good. I got all the information. That's real good. Mm-hmm. That's real good. So that's when I was like, okay, okay, we're gonna have a meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so let me fun. let me ask this because I know that was how you dealt with it in school. How have you, Betty, spoken with your um, your son about what did happen in the news with like let's say um, I'll, yes. I'll say George Floyd again I use that because that was something that I think got every person's attention so how did you address that with your son or did you have to address it with your son 
I did the Black Lives Matter, right? Sure. Um, he's very, he's very informed too. He's aware about of, of that too. Um, we talk about it, and older he, when he was younger, he looked more Asian. But now that he's older, he his hair, you know, has full of hair. And when you look at him, you don't look at, you don't know, you know he's black. You don't see the Asian in him. It's just kind of disappearing, you know, as he got older. Um, he's lucky to have an older brother. He's very informative too. And his older brother sat him down and talked him about it. I talked him about it. His sister talked him about it. So we all talked him about it. His brother is very, he raised, he helped me raise, you know, my son. Brother is like Sebastian, you know, when it comes down to being you being on the street, hanging out with your friends, you know, you're black. You have to know that you're black. You're not Asian, but you're black. So um, his brother told him that he's, he's aware of that. And I also told him that I was like, you're, you're, you're black. Um, same thing when I went to you with the school. You know, after that incident when he was younger, and I said, you know what, Sebastian, anything, any little slight thing, it's gonna be gonna use it against you. Because you're black. You know, you're not really uh, you're not Asian, to be to be honest. They will they're gonna look at you as you being black. So he's aware of that. And especially with the Black Lives Matter situation. I'm actually very scared because he's driving now. So that's why every time he goes out somewhere to, you know, even to my mom's house or to my sister's house, I have to stay up and wait for him to come home mm. before I can go to sleep. <sighs> that's been, it's, it's, it's my fear. And that's real. Yeah. That is real. And that should not be, that shouldn't be, what we're dealing with as parents right because our children's color right mm -hmm. or perceived ethnicity we know already that there is a chance that they will have an altercation or confrontation that will prevent them from coming home right based on the color of their skin mm -hmm. not based on the fact that they've done anything wrong committed any crime been disrespectful or anything like that but just simply based on the color of their skin that should not be what we're dealing with but but we deal with it. we deal with right it. so arming your children as best as you can mm -hmm. is essential and it's important and i mean you 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 just can't do it enough to be honest um it is so necessary so betty i i can appreciate you at least attempting because you know you have limited exposure to mm -hmm black america you don't really know what it's like to be a black woman or a black person right um obviously you have friends and you observe from afar and things like that and now you're raising a son and even though you've been in a relationship with black men you, you know you're still learning learning the culture too because our culture is ever evolving it's always switching up to be honest True. still learning the curve i'm yes. still i'm struggling and, <laughs> facts <laughs> but at least you're trying and and now and you have black women around you that we will definitely help you like we gave you yep. advice 
send the boy to the black barbecue. I meant that. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So we have a question um, in the comment section, and we're not going to be here too much longer. So please, if you do have other questions, hurry and send them in. Um, but uh, Ray asks, um, do we discredit one parent and select the box based on their shade and hair type? Um, so we can't just choose other, I mean, or mixed, I, I, tell me, how do we do that? I mean, I'm again, you know, sometimes I confuse them and I just put other on mine just because I just feel like it. I don't care. You all know, right. I put other, I won't identify as, as male or female. I'll just do all kind of mess to mess it all up. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It depends on my mood that what day. What do you do? <laughs> I depends so, on my mood. Yeah. So some for days me, I put Asian, some days I put black, <laughs> some days I put both. Some days it's like, I put, depends on my mood. Yeah. So okay. for me, I just, um, I don't, I don't discredit their fathers. They know that their fathers are white. However, society discredits their fathers when they see my children and perceive them as black or Hispanic. So for me, I mark the box that identifies me by way of identifying my children. And to be honest, race is a construct, okay? Because the only ones they got on there is black and white, and that's a color, not a race. But they have mm-hmm. Asian and all these others that they identify where they're from, and they don't identify us as where we're from. So on that part, I just it really doesn't matter to me per se. However, society takes that choice well has taken that choice away a lot of the times from mixed and biracial children when I was growing up we really didn't have any other boxes to click you know it's only become over the last I want to say maybe like 10-ish years where you started seeing more forms that had more ethnic boxes to mark so I, I don't I don't feel that I'm discrediting their discrediting their fathers because they know who their fathers are. They know where they come from on that side. They know that they are biracial. However, I need them to. Uh, and first of all, they're not even watching me fill out this paperwork, so it, it doesn't even affect my kids. However, I do need them to understand that society will force you to choose because they will treat you a certain way. And that's just the bottom line. Unfortunately, that is the reality that we live in. As much as people want to say that nobody's going to put me in the box, they already did. Okay. They already did. I had somebody when my daughter was young and looked very Caucasian with loose curls, asked me if I was the babysitter. Okay. And I'm just trying to figure out why I'm 22 years old walking around with somebody else's kid. Cause I don't need money that bad. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just it's one of those things where people are going to put you in a box already based on what you look like yeah. you know a lot of people that see me dark skin with locks and i i do use my beautiful aave on a regular but when i step into these meetings i will go ahead and and break out my my work jargon you know what i'm saying the people Let's that see me one time on them right People that see me don't assume that I have a master's. They don't assume that I run my own business. They don't assume that I am beyond educated past them and their counterparts. They will see me as a black woman with locks, especially if you see me out in the streets. I got my head wrapped, my earrings, my multicolored dresses on. 
So unfortunately, we we are put in the box. So when I mark it, I mark the box that best applies so that my children don't wander through life confused, be like, but I was other for 17 years and now they're telling me I'm black. Mm. You know? Mm-mm-mm-mm. What about you, Betty? What do you... Um... Um, well, with me, when they look at me, they think all automatically think I have um, married to an Asian man, right? And then so they saw my son. So I get the eye all the time. Um, you know, my son and I, especially when we go to places together, um, we get the looks all the time, like Walmart, anywhere. With the checking boxes, I just, I just, um, his name, his last name. I, I'm, he carry his father's last name. So, I don't discredit him, um, but I do get this a lot. When the teachers call me, they sort of assume that I'm either black, but not Asian because the child carry his last name. So when I, when, when I would get on the phone, a lot of times, especially when I like, you know, when I start to speak, they're like, oh, Miss Bagby? Miss Bagby? I'm like, yes, this, I'm not Miss Bagby. I am Betty Tran, but I'm the mother of my child. Yeah. So I get that a lot, especially from the doctor's office, from the school, anywhere that's calling me. I just assume that, you know, and I learned to accept that. I learned to embrace that. I learned to roll with it because it is what it is yeah yeah um a lot of times probably thinks that i am i'm military wife mm. too that too um they're like oh yeah that explains it right right <laughs> something has to explain this right because he had to go pick you up from vietnam he couldn't meet you in america <laughs> No, of course not. Ugh. No, she grabbed up one of them little E3, Z4s, and here we go. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Like oh, people don't America. people don't assume that my son is my son's father is the one with the green card. You know what I'm saying? I bought the house. <laughs> I paid for this green card, but y'all gonna look at him and ask him these questions? First of all, if y'all stop playing in my face. Um, but you know. We get the looks all the time, and then it, when he when he was younger, he didn't really notice it a lot. He didn't really pay attention. Now he got older. We just look at each other. We just laugh. We just smile. We just like okay. All right. So first thing first, questions. Um, here comes from my sister. She said, "Has Betty been to a black barbecue to understand why we are saying her son needs to go?" <laughs> Betty, have you gone to a black barbecue? No. Oh no. my goodness. All right. Betty, you're going to the black barbecue first. Oh my Lanta. Oh my Lanta. But if you come to the black barbecue, don't even bother cooking because you already told us you'd be burning stuff sometimes. Don't do that. Just come. Yeah. Okay. Just, just come. No, yeah. I do know it, the line dance though. That's it. Yeah. All right, girl. What's the other dance? What's the other dance? The line dance. What's the other one that I always struggle? I cannot follow. Uh, okay, you can't come in. You can't come in them wedge heels trying to do the line dance. Not unless you're already skilled. 
Not unless you already and, skilled. And put the hair in a high ponytail. So cause it, cause you're gonna get hot. Right. Okay. So no, other dance besides the lion dance. What's the other dance? Was only one dance? No. no. Girl, the wobble huh? is a line dance. Okay, that one, huh? That's a line dance. Uh-huh. The electric slide. The you throwback. Put you want to feel it? That one. It's electric. That's the throwback. You need I don't that. know which one that I, people go left and I go right. All the time. Yeah, no. So, yeah, no. That's... <laughs> <laughs> the electric slide is a great foundational line dance. You must learn that. Yes. <laughs> All right. So first things first, thank you for asking that question, sis. We're going to make sure that Betty goes to the black barbecue first, then she can send her son. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we have another, okay. So being from England, this, this absolutely baffles me. I have to tell my six-year-old biracial son that he has to be extra careful in the world. My seven-year-old daughter asked me if I was born a long time ago, would I kill them mm. because oh. I am, ooh. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Joanne, my girl, my girl, my girl. Yeah. That's How old is that baby? How old is that, her daughter? Seven. That's a rough one. That is that's, you know, that's hard, you know? Hard. That's hard. Mm-hmm. That's that's and, hard. And me knowing that your spouse is black makes this even harder. I can only mm. imagine the conversations that you both are trying to embrace, trying to have, and trying to navigate through. Yeah. Mm. My heart, I, I just can't. That was, that's a, that's yeah. a rough. Okay. And it's, it's hard that a lot of white women that are raising biracial children um, don't, that are willing to learn and understand the culture and raise their children knowing their history. They don't get enough grace, mm-hmm. I think. A lot of times they are clumped in with the with the the white people that are not trying to understand and not trying to embrace. So that that's that's rough when you have to sit and be seen as the enemy in your own home. I think we just have to grow some thick skin. That's that's a lot different than thick skin. That as a parent, for your child to look you in the face and say, "Hey, would you?" Would you oh, kill no. me or sell me or you don't like that? That's a hard, hard no, I'm, situation. I'm I couldn't imagine dealing with the society. That's what I meant. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> dealing like, with society. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah dealing with society. Child, with your own child, that my, my son never said anything like that. Well, yeah, I, I I will say this, and I'm sure me knowing um, the person that asked this question, I'm sure that you are utilizing therapy services um, or you would at least be open to it if you're not because that's where I would truly lean on um, a therapist or counselor that gets it. Yeah. And that could help me to navigate that conversation um, around race, prejudices, injustices, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely would lean on that because you don't want, I don't, I would never want my child to grow up with that question in their mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, uh, do you hate me because I'm black looking at right. my, my white husband, right? It's just kind of right. like, like there's still that underlier 
would you sell me? I mean, that's some right. Oof, that's that's, that's deep. It's really really rough coming from your kids. I might would side out my white husband every now and again if we kind of went went there. But but my child, it's it's that's just a horse of a different color. I don't know if that's yeah. even like say well, that. It's a horse same, of a different color. Same thing with my mom. You know how mom has my mom has her favorite kids, right? Mm. You know, favorite grandchildren. So the child, my son didn't know any better. He he in his mind, like I was driving him from home from school, he did ask me that. But mom, do you think grandma doesn't like me because I'm black? Mm-hmm. You, know, you can sense that, that you know, my my mom has her favorites, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I could not change. But I yeah. could not explain to him that's how he felt at that time. So, right. um, so I had to break him, you know, I have to talk to him, I have to um grandma is has her favorite, you know, but doesn't mean she loves you, you know, because you're black, it's just she has her favorite. It's because she stays with Uncle Tao and maybe she's closer to, you know, your kids kids and you don't live with her, so let's you know, let's not feel that way yeah so yeah so it's tough yeah Mm -hmm. all right ladies um wow thank you for the questions thank you for those comments um that our viewers have sent in um ladies I, i want to give you opportunity to say a few final words on this particular subject um, and then we'll talk quickly about what our next topic is going to be so um, if there's anything you know you want to kind of drop or leave regarding uh, raising biracial children and that experience um, please take a minute and and do that before um, we get out of here so I definitely want anybody that is raising biracial children to understand that it's okay to have the hard conversations don't stray or run away from them. Don't try to sugarcoat information because whatever you sugarcoat, society will give it to them raw. So you have to expose your children to the truth in the home so that if somebody tries to expose them to their truth, your children know really what it is and understand that for those raising the the Black child as another race parent, learn and fully understand where we as a people are coming from and don't just isolate your knowledge base to what the black experience has been in America. You have to reach back further so that your children can really hone in and understand the pride in what it means to come from that ethnic background. And those that are raising children that come from two beautiful cultures, embrace both and bring them both in and tell your children the beauty of both and just you know don't be afraid to have those conversations like i said before age is not a dictator on the conversation you have how you have the conversation may vary but the conversation has to be had because you don't know how long you have left on this earth to instill those truths in your children and it would suck that you missed out on a beautiful opportunity when they were 10 because you were waiting until they were 20. That is awesome. Okay, Betty, you're muted. 
to be open to learn about the culture, both sides, not just one side, and give lots of love. They're gonna need it because when they come home or they have to deal with society, when they come home, you have to make sure that you you love them regardless of who they are, regardless of the color. You're my child. That's what I always tell my son. I don't care what other people say. I don't care what other people think. You're my child. Um, and that's my main goal was to love him unconditionally. Sometimes I spoil him a little bit because of because he's by his his race, because what I know what he's gonna have to deal with. Um <laughs> And to be open, to be open-minded, to educate yourself, to not to pull back, like how Pia said, is to give them raw and not to show the coats. And it, it, it is what it is. This is life. It is what it is. Thank you, ladies. Thank you both. Um, sending you as much love. Sending you so much love. I don't know your experience, but I love you in the spirit because you are standing 10 toes down for your babies oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's to all of you I, I you know raising children is difficult as it is and this society here in America is challenging and I know every country has their own challenges because we see the news and some kids are being raised in war-torn countries and and then of course they're here in America as well <laughs> being raised mm -hmm. watching racism based on the color of your skin and it's it's difficult. However, um, we gotta shoulder up and stand with our children, protect them as much as we can, and inform and educate them as much as we can, and empower them, and just love on them, and love on them, and love on them. Um, so thank you both for having this tough conversation. Really talking about your children and knowing that they can hear this one day, <laughs> but uh, making sure that that you know we have we we hold love you know at the forefront of this conversation because. They are our kids. It doesn't yes. matter the race. <laughs> they are our babies. And we want them to have a fair shake at life. Um, yes. Period. Regardless. Mm -hmm. uh, so to those of you that watched, thank you so much. We love you. I really, really appreciate that. Next week, um, ladies, I know uh, Betty and I, we chatted about some different topics that we were going to be talking about. And so mm -hmm. next week, I want to um, talk about... Um, relationships, friendships. Uh, Betty shared that she's had challenges with um, having women friendships. And um, Kia, I'm sure you have your own stories and experiences and I have mine. Yeah, um, I've shared openly, I have friendships that, that span over 30 some years with women. And um, and they're still strong, I think. I, you know, after this, after my show, I, I may find out they're not as strong as I thought. <laughs> and then I have friendships that I've um, I've I've held onto and called friendships, but they really have been dead in the water. Mm. Even though we've known each other for twenty years, but I've been betrayed by those women. Um, mm. I haven't really been loved by those women or honored by those women, but I still held them close to my heart as friendship as friends and sisters and right. um so we're going to kind of get into the meat and potatoes of um friendships um the long lasting ones and you know what it takes to hold on to those and also what it takes to break away from these toxic ones that really don't serve yeah. us well 
Um, I don't think I'm alone when I say this. I know I've held on to friendships and sisterhoods that had long since expired, but due to the years of me knowing them, I still remain accessible and available um, mm. only to feel the hurt over and over again. And I'm at a point in my life now where I say, well, you could have easily closed the door on that. <laughs> right. You know, being committed to a time, years, you know, years invested, uh, sometimes senseless. And I think we do it in marriages. I think we do it in all relationships. But I really want to kind of get down to nuts and bolts of, you know, the struggles with um, women friendships. And, um, and, and I also want to celebrate the women friendships. So that's what we're going to be talking about next week. And um, I hope that we have some of the viewers to come back and, and join us. And, and ladies, I hope that you can, you know, shed light on your experiences um, with friendships. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm excited. And uh, Betty, are you ready for this? <laughs> We're gonna be yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't have a lot of got girlfriends, not one single one. Oh and we God. gotta talk about why that is. We gotta get to the to the bottom of that. I'm I'm so curious to yeah. understand your experience. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, um, I mean, you know, I talk to my, my, my therapist about everything, but uh, hopefully we can figure out, you know, like figure out like the part that we play in that, right? Because that's that's what really is super important is. Yes. Even when I think about breaking up with my friends, I'm like, well, what part did I play? Right. Enabling these toxic relationships to include friendships. That part. So hopefully we can learn of ourselves next week. Yeah. So come ready. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna be very honest. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. We know what happens when Betty is honest. So <laughs> Right. So if you ain't got thick skin, you better go on Amazon and order you a coat and come ready. <laughs> <laughs> because Betty comes, she'd she be ready for real. All right. So to my viewers out there, um, Facebook and um, anywhere else that you may be watching this, thank you again for joining us tonight. It's your girl, Queenie Love, host of The Relationship Zone. Please follow us, follow the ladies out there on social media. Kia, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at underscore E-B-S-M underscore. That is E-B as in boy, S-M underscore. Okay. Yes. All right, Betty, where can they find you? Um, Instagram, love me not, number three. It's an underscore, love, and then underscore me, and not. Betty, get your name right. Let's do this again. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I've had this name for so long. <laughs> All right, it's love, underscore me, underscore not, three, three, three. Come on, Betty. Come on. <laughs> Go host. Let's go host. <laughs> okay. All right. It's four three. Okay. All right. You all, y'all can just <laughs> follow the show, follow the podcast, follow the post, and I will tag Betty in it. All right. You all know how to find me <laughs> on the, at the relationship zone on Instagram. That is the underscore relationship underscore zone. Uh on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok at Queenie Love, I think. Maybe it's, it's probably the relationship zone. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, right here on Facebook. So thank you again for joining us. We're going to say goodnight on Facebook. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Night. Peace and love.
All right, and we're going to stop our recording.